This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? I am doing just fine because this has been a great day at Day Zero at Finals. Excellent, excellent. What makes it so great, man? What, you were there, John. Oh, yeah, I was. But, you know, I have to ask these questions like I don't know. <laughs> no, yes. registration line was awesome. I mean, we went through it. We breezed through it. Um, you know, I mean... Yes, the twists and turns were something akin to you'd see at Disneyland, but it was absolutely what maybe fifteen minutes at the most. It was we walked straight up to the uh, straight up to the ticket desk and, and we got our tickets and walked out. Huge difference from last year. Yes, it was absolutely insane. Like, um, Bonnet, I mean, the uh, Bonnet Maker basically um, made a made a promise at the um, at the end of last year. Said, okay, we're gonna like look into like fixing. What happened? What happened with the what went wrong with the registration last year? And they did it because I mean, they're like John and I didn't even have, didn't even have to cheat like we did last year. Yeah, unintentionally cheat. Yes, unintentionally cut. But seriously, we I mean, the horror stories last year were something like six hours in line. I mean, yeah, you can still go, I believe, on the Fanime boards and read the stuff of this flotsam from last year. And it's and it's it's amazing how much venom came out. Well, evidently someone listened and fixed the damn problem. So indeed, um, fifteen minutes is a hell of a great time and allowed us to hey come over here and record this podcast. Yeah. So and because we are at an anime convention, we uh, this is probably god damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good idea to um get the ice cubes for the vodka. Um, right next to the uh, uh, to the recording device, but you know that's what you're, that's what you're getting right now. Hey, this is uh, raw, unfiltered, you know, shit. That that's how we're justifying it and all. Yes, sir. Okay, but um, you know it's like hey, because we're because we're at um, Bonnie right now, we're recording because the because the alternative is to um, record. After we get done with the convention, which we are going to be completely um, wiped out from, but still, it's like so. So we're at we're at anime convention, and so what? What are we going to talk? We're going to talk about a manga because um, the because hey, that's the appropriate thing right here. In fact, those of you who have long memories, we are going to be talking about you know hidden hidden treasures of manga, like part two, like continuing on from last from last year's podcast. Well done. All right. And oh God, man, that's that's strong. Anyway, so to um kick things off, we're talking about like a series that I wanted to talk about last year but didn't get around to. That's called um Hikatsu, um subtitled Shock Bullet of Didn't Fall. Now, this is a series um written and illustrated by um by a guy named Yu Yagami. Now you might not know um who who the hell this guy is. But he's also, but he is, um, but he is responsible for the manga for like, um, for for, for, for at least one of my series that has um, at least a, a pickly bit of infamy. If you are a um a fan of a certain page, that is, he is the creator of those who aren't elves. So he is a guy who um made a series about um stripping elves for um fun and profit, um and turned it into a, a mini franchise um back in um, the late nineties, early aughts. Now, uh, Hikatsu um, is a personal favorite of mine, or at least a hidden favorite, because it was published by Gokomi. They went out, they went out of business in the mid in the mid aughts. But it's a three volume series, 
and it is a ton of fun because it has a genius uh, martial arts premise that uh, I think that you know, like um, Jackie Chan or Jet Li or or Stephen or Stephen Chow in particular would do do well to pick up on. That is, it's it it's a story about um like has like three like um one main character and two supporting characters. Like Shota is the main character, and he's you know a kind of guy who's you know trying to train like do his best and like you know like train his skill in what he is asserted like you know his um like main martial art. Then you've also got um, Hotoko, who um was raised by a pigeon. No, really, she was, and um she's um like learned her own um pigeon kung fu style as well. And also, um, uh, uh, what was the other guy? Um, Kenji, Oreji, uh, yeah, let's just call him Kenji, but he's like the, the typical, um, shyster, um, like character who is just kind of like just. Oh, Kanji! That's his name, Kanji. Um, just like the, uh, like, um, the character, the, um, adapted from Chinese, um, Japanese character. So, Kanji is a typical shyster, and, uh, but the thing is, like, this whole series takes place in a world where, um, that has been, like, um, disturbed by, um, by, like, by electromagnetic, electromagnetic, electromagnetic disturbances. And so, like, all, um, like, Electron stuff has been has gone um gone haywire, but um Shota, um apparently has um developed what he calls the repair blow, which is you know hitting stuff in order to repair it. So really, this is the series that is founded upon the idea of hitting stuff in order to um make it better. So John, you you were um, looking at this earlier, and you were intrigued by it. Yes, I was indeed. It was. Um, hilarious in concept, actually. So, um, have you, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm calling you out on it because you said, you talked about it earlier. Well, um, let's say battling appliances is quite the twist on the whole fighting genre. As the, um, people at, um, Gold Call Me pitched it back at 2008 AX, <laughs> save the refrigerator, save the world. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't love a concept like this? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, because basically the whole concept of the series boils down to hitting stuff in order to repair it. <laughs> and that's that is a concept that you know, everyone can um, can appeal can um, can relate to. You know, hitting stuff in order to um, you know make, make it better. And I think that you know if like if like you know Jackie Chan or Jet Li or particularly Stephen Chow got his hands on it, he could make a brilliant. Um, martial arts movie. I and absolutely agree. Yes, and these um, it was only three volumes, so basically we're dealing with an all killer, no filler series. It's like it's, it, it um it does um like you know devolve into like you know like like little ridiculous stuff like you know like um like beating up um like beating up robots in order to make 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 sure they function they function right, um fighting um the uh, various clans of the world like the uh, dig a hole clan. Like you know, they're all about digging a hole. It's like you know, that's what they do. And also the um, like the undead um, zombie clan and whatnot. And also the um, like the uh, giant gun that's going to like um, save the world by um, firing a bullet into the core of the world to save it. 
It's like it's it's completely ridic it's completely ridiculous, but it is a ton of fun, and um, it's like and I and even though like um Yagami has released he's had other parts of the series translated over the years, from um Go West from CMX to um those who went to Alice Proper from ABV and also Dokoida from CMX, but um Hikatsu I believe is his it's like it's his best piece and it's a ton of fun. And I, I love it. I'm still I, if I ever see, you know, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, or Stephen Chow, like in person, I'm saying, hey, you know what? You should make a movie out of this because it would be awesome. So, so Hikatsu, Strike Bullet of Vivify, ton of fun. And um, I would have talked about it last year, but it was last year's podcast was just going, um, was just going wrong as it is. So there you go. Anyway, but um, moving on like to other stuff that I've that I've liked over the years. Um, I talked about last year um, a uh, series of Mazu Nishiro called Dominion on Tank Police, um, and um, their their second series from Dark Horse called um, Conflict in Illinois. That is the um, definitive um, Shiro work in terms of like um, comedy and comedy and action. But he also did another series from the Dark Horse Republished called um, Orion. Which basically involves a, uh, it's like a world that was um, trying to um, like destroy all the negative karma in order to um, create a per- create a perfect utopia. But um, in their it's like in their act in their haste to do this, they wound up summoning the god of destruction, Suzano, and um, and they didn't even recognize the fact that you know, hey, trying to destroy all the negative karma in the world, that's a bad idea. <laughs> so. You know, like in trying to destroy it, um, you know, they they wound up making things even like crazier and more fucked up than before. So, so Orion is really like a giant comedy of errors that um, involves that um, that's based upon um, Shiro's um, Shiro's great like great character designs and talent for action, and even and his um, um, skillful world building as well. Problem is that um, like Shiro is um, like Shiro's worlding is like so intricate and detailed that it's kind of like that you kind of like lose the focus for these things as well. And when you talk about like the, the um, like like things like Yingarons or Yangarons or just like giant um like um equations that are like um inscribed upon like one of the supporting characters, it just gets kind of crazy as well. I mean, it's still it's still fun, but even though like I I wanted to like um, go and reread this. As for my um, you know, completing choice of the manga, um, I s- it's it's not quite as fun as I was as I remembered. I mean, it's like it, in the end, like you know, I think um, Shiro's definitive work in terms of entertainment is still Dominion, but Orion is still a great um, is still a great comedy of errors and testament to his skill in terms of world in terms of world building and like and general art- artistry as well. And this is a series where um, it's it's all black and white, but it, like it still manages his, um, his incredible attention to detail, and it's fantastic to look at as well. I mean, to look at this, it's to, like um, understanding you know, what um, like the mid '90s was defined, like you know, by manga and by art, art, by his artistry as well. It's great. It's like it's great stuff. Like even from a purely visual standpoint, you can understand like you know, looking at this like you can see why you know, like you know, people. You know, cotton to um, his style. It's kind of through the 
Mexican manga influence. But it's but even then it's still kinda like it, it's still you know, it's it still doesn't quite click in terms of you know, utter comedy and plotting. It's still kinda like um you know, over, it's still kinda like you know, like over plotted and over complex for some reason. You know, Dominion is still is still the, the part of beat, but but um, Orion is still um, interesting in and of itself in terms of its comedy of errors and it can enters the world building, even though it's you know, kind of strange and over plotted as well. Speaking of stuff that um, I think is somewhat over plotted from what I remember it, there's um, a Viz series called Strain that was from their great um, pulp manga anthology. And um, when I consider like, you know, the great titles from Viz's pulp anthology, there's three things I bring up. There's, there's Heartbroken Angels, there's Banana Fish and and Strain, because these were these are the series that um that got that they really um and captured the drama and like intensity of of seinen manga like of like of the late nineties. Strain though, like upon rereading, <laughs> it's entertaining, but it's a whole lot of ridiculousness as well. Because here here's the thing, um. The series was um was written by um Bronson and um had art by Ryoichi Ryoichi Ikigani. Now Ikigani was um he was all over the place um back in the late nineties as far as the you know stuff that um was brought over to America and so forth. He because his style kind of finds the you know like um, re like photorealistic like um, visually intense style that, that kind of defined manga. He did um, My the Psychic Girl Samurai Crusader. Um, crying, crying Freeman, and also um, it's like just like Viz published a lot of stuff that you know, like from Ikigami that you know kind of defined his style as kind of you know the photorealistic style of the beat as far as um you know manga is concerned. Now thing is though, um, Bronson is um the uh, is a pen name for another writer for the writer named known as Sho Fumimura, and um, he he was best known for the series um Sanctuary, which is basically which is um, published by which is also published by Viz, and so and it's about um, these two, like these two siblings who basically try to move trans via the underworld and via the political arena as well. Now the thing is, he wrote um, um, Sanctuary under his real name, um, Shofu Bimura, um, because that was essentially um, meant to be a straightforward um, like political um, drama, but um, but Bronson is his pen name. Because it is, you know, meant to relate to Charles Bronson, and um, if you recognize that, you know that that is that you are being you're dating yourself as a manga consumer. Am I right, John? Mm -hmm. Don't hit. <laughs> <laughs> <Dead> wish. <laughs> yes, because um, because it because because Bronson, um, as Bronson, um, Fumura wrote um, Fist of the North Star. Like and and strain as well as Batan, it's like and um King of the World, King of the Wolves, the Dark Horse, but because um because as Bronson, um, Fumura is pure pulp, pure um like over the top ridiculousness. Because Strain is a story of a um a hitman named Mayo, who who lives in in Thailand and will kill anyone 
five bucks. Why five bucks? Because um, he made a, he and his brother made a promise with him, like showing him this um, ten dollar bill from the U.S. saying, "Hey, well, this is a piece of furniture more more influential than um, than Japan, than Japan and the rest of Asia." So hey, so you know, if you if we each have um, half of this bill, you know, we'll be brothers forever. Turns out that um, Mayo's um, brother, um, like, essentially betrayed him, and um, like, essentially, like, had him, um, send, like, um, set up for um, like death row in Malaysia by um, like sending him a bunch of drugs to him, like fake some fake, fake smuggle over and what, and whatnot. So it turns out that um, so so while so Mayo, um, whose real name is Shunichi. Or, or Shingo, Shingo Kusaka, um, like he, like when he realized that, yo, this is what um, his brother considered his life worth, five bucks, I'm going to kill people for five bucks while I'm in Malaysia. So he became a badass assassin, and that continued until he met a girl named um, Shion, who was um, kind of like a, like a typical Lolly Kong um, type, type character whose, um, whose mother was um, apparently a Designated as a hit by um, parties unknown, but will, but is eventually revealed to be um, um, defeated by um, Shunichi, um, Sh- um, Shingo's um, older brother from from Kusaka, who um, realizes that hey, you know this like my strain, like my um, my genetic inheritance, that these people need to be killed so that no one can challenge me for the um, for the ownership of this country. So that's what the series strain refers to. It's basically, you know, like power. Power of descendancy, and um, you know, so what? What does inher- what, what a person's inheritance can be? Um, um, can have power over over it. And uh, and years ago, I I like I I really enjoyed it because mainly, well, mainly because I, I you know there wasn't really a lot of like you know straightforward crime fiction in um, American comics that was like 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 the series. But I'm rereading it. I realize that it's it's really um, hugely ridiculous. A whole lot of just for a whole lot of it as well. I mean, like you've got um, fact you've got the fact that you know, like um, like Chingo is going to um, um, is is going to like, you know um, fight for Shion because you know he believes that he he like, believes in her um, legitimacy and he wants to know like why his brother set him up over these like all these years ago. Then you've also got like the Yakuza Murota, um, who um, serves um, who serves um, like Shingo's brother Shunichi, and um, then they, they double crosses him over the fact that you know, hey, like, he realizes that hey, you know, you're not the person who carried around, carried my dead mother from the from the surf after she died so so many years ago. And you also got like Angel, the um, the white um, son of a um, Vietnamese like like a Vietnamese prostitute. Like who was he's basically like you know bitter about the fact that like no one cared about him, it's like after he was um, fathered by an American GI back in the Vietnam War. Um, Angel is probably like the most interesting, interesting um, role character in the series, and the fact that he's presented as kind of like a, um, a homosexual rapist um, initially, just to like add that added like you know right value, but then he um, but then um, Bronson eventually recasts him as kind of like a, a tragic. As a tragic figure who is just you know trying to like um 
get what's his over the years. And um, and it, it actually and it actually works. Is he actually does manage to like um, like recast Angel? Like you know he's you know like fighting like fighting Mayo and um, it's like and trying to um, he's fighting Mayo and trying to figure out you know, why this guy won't um, submit to my whims, but um in the end like you know he realizes that hey you know like he's still we're all kind of the same in the end. So it's it's so it's it's kind of fun. It's like and. It's it's fun. It's ridiculous. It's pulpy, just as um this is um the magazine that um this that is published for the world is. So strain. Yeah, it's it's truly ridiculous, but it's still um kind of it's still um pretty entertaining. Mainly because um Sumura is really good at um spinning out um complications from from resolution. Like even though like you know like even after that you know like things like. Things things resolve in, in his favor. It's like he still manages to um, pull out um, like stuff that um, shows him. Hey, oh, hey, you know, like yeah, you think you're safe? Oh, not yet. <laughs> and and the thing is though, the difference between this and Sanctuary is that even though Sanctuary aims higher and doesn't um, quite nail its high ambitions, um, Strain aims lower, but still manages. But it still works on like those same like um, gutter crawling levels. So, if you're able to find um, all five volumes of Strain, it's worth picking up. You know, it's you know, like I said, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's still pretty entertaining. Um, another series that um, isn't um, ridiculous but is entertaining is um, Domu, A Child's Dream. Now, this is by a very respectable author who you all know as Katsuhiro Otomo. John. You know Katsuhiro Otomo, right? Best man ever. <laughs> Akira. Oh, yes, Akira. Yes, 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 yes. Akira, of course. Hmm. So there you go. That's all you need to know. Otomo is, is the creator of Akira, and um, there has been, like, seriously, fuck all of his work published aside from that given in this series. Like, I think even um, Domu is um, out of print as well, but it might be, but I think Dark Horse is good at doing its work even, even if they imprint, even if they own the rights to it. It's definitely his art worth going out to see the volume. Yes. It's there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Domo is, is, Domu is kind of the, uh, the dry run for Akira, because mm-hmm. it kind of like focuses on the same kind of like psychic battles um, between um, the old and the young that um, that made that Akira made its um, bread and butter of, but um, Domu, it's it's set in modern modern Japan, in a um, and it takes place mostly around a uh, like a standard like you know apartment complex, and um, there's all these um you know, there's these strange killings, and deaths that are going on, but no one knows what what they're going about until um one until, but as we know good. The series is a pretty level of dramatic irony, so showing stuff that we know about the characters don't. That it turns out that there's a um, that 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 the um, killer behind behind all these like weird um, crimes is um, old man Cho, who um, has psychic powers. He's like, but he's like faded into dementia, and he's just like getting all like using his powers to destroy all these like you know 
thing that he likes from pink, like either say a like a ring or a hat with wings, and um, and he's also just you know like you know getting or a gun from a cop, and he's using these to you know you know ensure that his reign of terror is not disrupted. Then on uh, one day, a girl named uh, like a a preteen named Etsuko um, shows up, and she um and while um Cho looks. Um, is trying to you know, manipulate this one um, you know, infant into you know, hey, he's going to fall and die and be a big red splat on the pavement. He's like, oh, he's going to be a, like a ripe tomato. And as soon as he tries to make this kid fall, like, um, Etsuko saves him, uses her own psychic powers, and says, hey, you're so rude and mean, so don't do that. So so um, that that's when um, Domu crystallizes as kind of like um, Otomo's standard, you know, like uh, like standard like like old like old generation versus the young type 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 of argument. Kind of kind of kind of like Akira, but not quite as extreme. Like you said, further old. I'm editing these files anyway, so it's yeah. So Domu, um, a child's room is really kind of a dry run for for Akira, in the sense that you know we've got that characters um, fighting fighting out with psychic powers, and um, you know like using them to um, do fantastic things like either control control another person's mind, um, you know like fling um, physical objects at each other, or like fly through um, like like fly through the Fly through realm areas like at their at their whim. The difference between between the two is that Domu is grounded in like in like in the um, in the air which is published, which is like um, early nineteen nineties, and and uh, and a sort of Japanese um, apartment complex. So it's so even though it's like it's it is kind of an all surface work in the sense that you've got you know Etsuko like the young um, like um, tween girl you know taking on the um, like the senile mind of old Cho, as he um you know just like he just like has lost all of his faculties and just like you know like just having just having fun just being his own self. And while she is like you know, operating from a moral um like more moral perspective that is like grounded in the sense of you know, what is right and what is wrong, it's like it's it's you know it's still really really compelling it, even in the sense that you know. Like just from like um, Otomo's book, and then you've got like in the middle, you've got the um, the two who are not quite as old as who are not quite as old as uh, as old show like the policeman, like just trying to uh, make sense of what is going on here. It's like and it's and, and it's still really and even though it's like it's it doesn't have like the depth of Akira, it still ha it's still a really um, compelling and interesting work for seeing. Um, you know, this is what um, Otomo was looking up to, like with his, with his masterwork, and even then, like the, um, like the battles, like when, um, it's like when, when Etsuko, um, I, you know, flies through the apartment complex and even um, works with the, uh, like the, the other kid in there to um, show old Cho just what he is doing is wrong, is still like fascinating, fascinating work, a as is the fact that you know, we've got the, uh, like the. Uh, like um, li the guy, um, little Ryo, like the um, mentally challenged um, guy, just trying to um, 
you know, do the right thing, even though he's going home with a couple of things like back to Peace Force. And also the uh, final conflict between Etchikook and uh, Ocho is, um, you know, is mighty impressive as well. And um, it's still, like, you know, highly reminiscent of what um, Otomo was working on previously here. In fact, reading, rereading Otomo has, has made me, um, you know, anxious to go back and reread Akira to talk about this for a future podcast. So maybe I'll do this the next time. Maybe I won't. We'll see what um, what comes out in the meantime. Noted. Yes. But um, Domo, A Child's Dream, highly recommended. And um, even though um, Otomo doesn't seem to be um, really that inclined in um, getting out his, um, his old body of work, um, like for a republic for reprinting in America, it's like if you can if you pick it up, it's still a great work. Now, last thing I want to talk about here is something that um, is arguably um, somewhat infamous because I for years I saw this as one of the um, ten worst um, rated among in um, Anime News Network's um, you know ratings as far as their encyclopedia goes. This would be um. Um, Blood the Last Vampire 2002. Now, some of you might remember that um, Blood the Last Vampire was originally a um, an OVA um, written by Mamoru Oshii and directed by Hiro Kitakuga, and it was um, you know pretty entertaining in the sense that you know showed as a uh, as a half vampire girl and picking out some like like superna- some supernatural creatures back in on an American uh, military base back in the 1960s. It was also notable for the fact that, you know, hey, like, the Japanese people spoke Japanese, and the English people spoke English. So, there you go. But, and it also went on to spawn, um, you know, series on Blood Plus and on Blood, on Blood T as well. On Blood Plus, um, was, even though I watched all, um, 50, 50 episodes of that series, it wasn't as entertaining as I was hoping for, because it's it had its moments, it still wasn't all that impressive. Uh, Blood Sea, I've heard, is um, it gets interesting in its latter half in the sense that you know it um, has interesting metafictional questions towards the end. But um, I haven't gotten around to watching it yet because I'm really bad at watching anime these days. But still, um, Blood the Last Vampire 2002, which is um, written and illustrated by Benkyo Kamaoki. Um, who um, really is best known for his porno manga in the U.S. He wrote, he wrote and illustrated all the issues of the Sex Files um, from Eros Comics, and he also has a great um, like a resume or um, character shows written by written by um, Carl Gustav Horn because um, reading um, his, um, his his biography in on the back of the volume, which I have to read this season. It's great. Benkyo Tamaoki is the name of Toshito Sugumi, born in 1957. He discovered the dead Kennedys who became a punk guitarist in school and inspired by Henry Rollins to become to begin to tattoo himself. He spent the late 1980s in the surrounding rock scene of Los Angeles and San Francisco, and only in 1990 drew his first self-published comic. All completely untrue. He was born in 1973 and has pretty girl Ane posters all over his walls. But the important thing is that, that, that that's the life he wanted to have lived. Mm-hmm. It's completely true that he, the Tomoki's wasted take on cute to have made him one of the true underground ama- 
underground Nanga stylist Rasenyu, even piercing the mainstream with his brother's plays, mainstream publishing giant Kodansha. It's Hama Oki, who styles himself Porno Star before the t-shirt ever came out, continues to work as a professional artist of pornographic manga. In English, the story Editor Woman is available in This is Secret Comics Japan, and a series Sex Files is available from Eris Comics. Yeah, this... I read this and I think, yeah, no one other than Carl Horn could have written uh, could have written a, a description like this. And um, reading the series, it's not hard to understand why um, people would have hated this series after reading, um, after seeing The Blood of the Last Vampire, OVA. Because it has um, Saya, um, the, uh, like the half, the half vampire, half um, half human, half child, whatever it is, whatever. Um, character just, you know, still working for, um, like, like, U um, United States forces and taking out, you know, like, like evil supernatural, um, creatures, but, um, she's, but she's not quite as effective as it, at it as she was, um, back in the day. In fact, um, she, um, gets, continues to get berated by her, said, by her, um, superiors. And um, the secret takes back, and the whole story takes place in Japan, as she's um, forced to um, get a uh, like get close to a girl, and find out she went to some like vampire bank biker gang in high school, or vampire drop room, or you know like scary um, supernatural creature in high school. Now, now Saya is like she's um, portrayed as a kind of a tragic character who is just kind of like you know forced to. Uh, Work under her, um, like, like her human, like her human character, human superiors um, objectives, and um, it, but also the series um work tells us that you know hey she's got a uh, like the um the head of the spider gang has her own has her own face as well, like that she is um like, like someone who's like has her own like abilities and skills, and is like is like using them to her own ends. That's that's pretty interesting, and also it works works towards the end. It's kind of like a, as an erotic thriller because they yeah there's lots of lesbian background action, and, uh, and yes, <laughs> so yeah if you're if you're pervo like that then the series like has its like certainly has its merits. But you know it a lot of it is just kind of like, you know meant to portray um Saya as kind of like this tragic character like you know working for people who can't stand her. And just like view her as like the best means to an end for this for like the kind of like the work they're engaged in. But what this series has in like in advantage of um, you know, most um you know, like um stuff that's adapted from a uh from manga or worked as part of a um massive um like a multimedia um campaign, you know, like some like some episodes with manga and anime is a great ending because the um the climax basically um forces um has um Saya's um evil double forcing her to um confront him hey what do you want do you want to continue working for these people who hate you and see you only as means to an end or do you want to um like achieve power over your own destiny and the ending even though the series is really depressing. E, it's a really depressing 
and I'm singular, singularly, um, you know, like um, a tragic um, approach to the character. The end um, really makes me interested in seeing like, well, what has, what what comes from the series next? Because um, Saya, it's like you know, well, Saya's decision is actually really interesting and very nihilistic compared to what we've seen before. It's like to be honest, um, let me tell you something. I I, I watched the um, Blood Plus series for Buddy of Mine. It was kind of you know perfectly unexcep- unexceptional, um, but you know competent for the most part. It's like it adhered to convention. It didn't do anything that really surprised us for the most part. Or when it did, it didn't um, like commit to it. To be honest, I would have loved to have seen if the um, Saya from the end of the series, end of the series, um, had showed up in Blood Plus. Like, um, like just, just so you know what she had decided to do with her own destiny. I would have loved to have seen that. We didn't get to see it. So in the end, um, Blood Lust Vampire 2002 had a great ending, and um, and then and um, a series that and uh, set up that you know it's it's kind of tragic, kind of unpredictable, but um, it really works within the con- but the but it's kind of really works within the context of what we're set up to. So I, I like it. I would have loved to have seen more of what we've gotten from the end here, but we did. That's that makes me sad. So sad. So in the end, I content myself with um Tamaoki's um regular porno mine. It's actually great. If you've ever ever read the sex files, um dude um has made if you read this um sex files has basically like, you know, every Every fetish you could imagine in the kind of manga, so it's it's great in that regard. So, but um, the last vampire two thousand two, um, actually like uh, you know general like subjects more socially acceptable, and you know it's like it's lesbian vampire stuff that feels like a lot lot less derby than say um what we got in um Joseph Joseph Katz first. So there you go. But here you go. So overall, you know, um, Katsu, like best of this, um, you know, hidden treasure of the manga. Then you also got Orion, um, Strain, um, Domu, and um, Blood. Um, that are also worthy of this, like, um, like you know, hidden treasures that you know I kind of kind of figured that you know, aren't being talked about as well. John, like any um, final or last thoughts on this right here? Um, uh, I'm interested in reading a couple of the titles, so. Uh, I was going to be specific. I would actually say um, Strain is an interesting one, just just after glancing at it. Um, and also the one that we had mentioned earlier, Hikatsu. Um, that was another one that I would actually be interested in reading. And since that one's a, that's a short set anyway. Three volumes. Three volumes, so not that much. So, but, of course, uh, Blood... <laughs> Blood, um, Blood, Domu, and Orion are also one volumes as well. Ah, well, there you go. So, um, but yeah, the, just just the top of my head. So yes, uh, although all of them are fascinating ones, so I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna warrant a trip to Amazon book store and see what they can get me. Yeah, I would look them up right now, but I figured it'd just be like you know, just no one wants to do the dead space while I look up what um they're worth on Amazon right now. So. But hey, like you know, next year, it's like, uh, like 
expect part three, or as I'm considering, um, like hidden, um, what the fuck, of a manga, which when I talk about um, Yoshi Kiyomi's um, collaboration with um, Kazuo Korike, um, which is um, Wounded Man, which is like Japanese um, male power fantasy taken to its crazy 1980s extreme, which is holy shit. <laughs> oh god, that's Wounded Man is a special, special case. I mean, just Google what um, Jason Thompson did um, when he was writing about it in Pulp. It's it's crazy. <laughs> oh, right. God. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on Comic Fix by the Glitch. Yes, and we'll enjoy ourselves with our Tonic Fondamate from here. Hell yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>